Welcome to the Haunting or Not podcast, a show that takes an interesting and some would say different approach to explaining hauntings, the paranormal, demonic forces. Are they real hauntings or not? Hi, my name's John J. Wally. In addition to being a radio host, I'm a retired police sergeant, and I take an evidence-based approach to these stories. And I'm Stephanie Wiley. Yes, we're married and have been for a long time. Some would say that I am more, oh, of the little touchy-feely type. Together, we present haunting or not stories that differ from the majority of other podcasts out there. We are proud to be a show on the Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Look for Haunting or Not. Welcome back to the Haunting or Not podcast. Today is, well, I want to say today's an anniversary, but this year's an anniversary. The 50th anniversary of the movie The Exorcist being released in theaters in 1973. I can't believe it's been 50 years. First of all, where's the time go? Don't ask me. Secondly, I think I can remember, not vividly, going to see that as a mm-hmm. teenager. Well, I wasn't allowed to. When it came out, I was still considered a child, not a teen. See, Stephanie, to show our the age. boss is a lot younger than me. A few years. <laughs> you don't miss a chance to tell me that. <laughs> now, I want to, to talk, set the scenery about The Exorcist. If you've not seen it, a rainy Saturday afternoon is a perfect time to watch this movie. Which it is here right now. And we we said that on the way here because it I mean, a torrential downpour yeah. on the Spooky. way to the radio studio. It's always around. You can find it somewhere on demand. You'd probably get it for free. I don't know who hasn't seen it. Now, I don't recall the whole movie. But I don't, I can't imagine people at least the age 30 and over, if not 20 and over, that have not seen it. But if you haven't, it's a must. It's well worth a watch. Oh, it, it's a 1973 film. It was released in only 24 theaters on December Very 26, small. 1973. And wow. it was released to mixed reviews. First of all, I don't give a rat's you know what about reviews. No, of course. The best reviews for the so-called best movies I've watched. Around. What is that about? I don't even know what that's about. Right. You have to watch it and decide on your own. It it was released in 1973, and it grew. And and part of the reason what grew, William Peter Blatty, who wrote the novel, Mm -hmm. the 1971 novel of the same name, The Exorcist, went and did some talk shows and talked about Exorcist. All of a sudden, it blew up. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay. The the basic storyline is about a Jesuit priest. Mm-hmm. He is a teacher at Georgetown University. This place takes place in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Right. And Linda Blair became famous for this oh, movie. I think everybody still considers when they hear her name or see her picture. That's the first thing I think of. Now, who played the mom? Remember? Oh, is it? It's not. Oh, I, I know. I can see You can her. remember all these names. I can I see swear. the face. Ellen oh. Burstein. Oh. She's so good. Max von Sydow was in there, Jason Miller, and of course, Linda Blair. And uh, some of the funny things we'll talk about in a few moments, some of the other actors that are considered for the roles that were made famous in the movie that for whatever reason they passed on they it. They passed this? Or, wow. Or that was a mistake. The producers passed on it. Ah. It's a supernatural horror film. You saw the movie later. You didn't see it when it first came out. You weren't I, allowed to. No, I was not. In fact, I have quite a few older brothers and sisters and there was a lot of discussion. I don't remember details, but I do remember a lot of discussions in the house about that that film was just like not up for discussion, even for some of the older kids. But again, some brothers and sisters did see it. 
And of course, that even made it more elusive to me. Right. And then the kids in school talking about it once it blew up. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> but you just lied. You pretend. Yeah. I did see it as a teen with some girlfriends. I don't recall the whole movie, but I remember being shocked and terrified, but also very, very excited. I thought it was like insanely fantastic. I remember this the same kind of mindset of Jaws mm-hmm. around the same time. Maybe it's a year that or two later. Heart beating constantly. Star Wars, all that stuff, or Star Yeah, Star Wars. Trek is the, the yeah, series. Yeah, they came out when I was a teenager. Star Trek. The other one was Saturday Night Fever. Oh, waiting in lines to see. The, to, now here's the thing: I won't wait in line five minutes to see a movie. No, you won't wait in line five minutes for anything. No. It doesn't matter <laughs> what then, movie, food. It didn't matter. And I was a young teenager. I went to see it. And the reason I went to see it was the book actually horrified me. I, it was frightening. I read it in high school. Oh, I didn't realize you read it. Oh, yeah. It was such a big deal. And my, my freshman year of high school, I went to an all-boys Catholic seminary. It still makes me I laugh. I thought I want to be a priest. I and know. was reading this book, like, walking down the hallways at night. I talked about it before, going... Oh my gosh, what if the devil comes and tries yes. to get me? <laughs> and we had this priest we talked about that I won't say his name. They he never talked about it, but the rumor was he was the exorcist for the diocese. What? That's what it, we, we were told. Wow. I never even knew that. And he was a bit of a of a harsh guy. Was he? Yeah. Great, great guy. Great priest. Great guy. Now the book was written by William Peter Blatty. And uh, he was also one of the producers with William Friedkin was his choice of director for, for making the movie. This is where they started getting into spats with Warner Brothers Pictures. Why is that? They didn't pick major stars to film oh, in the movie. Oh, okay. They wanted some big headlining name. Right. Some okay. of the names we know now were not big names back then. Like so? What? Ellen Burstein, Max Van Sydow, Jason Oh, Martin, I thought you meant the ones that they passed on. Forgive I don't me. think Linda Blair, she was not known for much of anything. Well, no, she was still so young as well. Here's one of the things that was really interesting about the movie. All right. It was delayed for a very long time. And some, uh, some of the delays were caused, and I'm air quoting here, right. due to cast and crew being injured. Some died and unusual <sighs> accidents delayed shooting of the film. Some died? Production took twice as long as scheduled and cost almost three times initial budget. Now, I do find that in- interesting because I really expected you to say due to not knowing how to rate it, not what was going on while they were filming it. That's pretty spooky. Yeah. And there's a, a, it created a lot of problems with a lot of wow. viewers. It, I, I think you were talking earlier. This was before the rating system That's that we correct. all knew, R, and this, X, all that stuff. And this film played a huge role in making these decisions later on because they could not decide. This film was not for somebody, even at my age, I think I was nine maybe when this came out. I don't think a nine-year-old should be sitting watching The Exorcist. That's that, I, I do agree with my mother now. Now. <laughs> Knowing now. what it was. But yeah. That reminds me of when we were little, we would go to the drive-in theater when they had you know, the deal nights where you love a it. full car was like $5 yes. or $3. Whatever. And my mom took us to watch a movie and she thought it had a, a, a child's name on it. We're all children. Now. Right. It was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, no. <laughs> we were traumatized. That was not a family movie to take. 
Some of the people that watch this video, this movie, I should say, uh, viewers suffered adverse physical reactions, including fainting or vomiting to do shocking scenes such as a realistic cerebral angiography. Oh, my gosh. Which I could barely pronounce. I I don't remember that. I can't say it. Many children were allowed to see it, leading to changes that the MPAA ratings board had accommodated Warner or charges had accommodated Warner and gave them leniency. By giving the film an R rating instead of an X rating. They wanted to rate it as an X movie. Wow. Well, I I don't agree with that. But I do find it shocking that somebody, A, that one person could have actual physical reactions of such nature. But many, many, that's, I've never heard of anything like that. And by the way, you're from Avon, Connecticut. Yes. So that's just west of Hartford. Yes, it is. So some cities, several cities in the United States, attempted to ban it outright or prevent children from attending. I wonder if Hartford, Connecticut was one of them. It could have been. What if it was Avon, Connecticut, was your mom leading the charge? It very well could have been. Uh, It it won a lot of awards. It did really well. Um, And it's one, if you haven't seen, look, it's well worth the watch. We'll talk. Or if you have seen, listen, I told you last week, I want to see it again. Yeah. I really do, because I do. I have bits and pieces, and knowing what I know now, I don't mind being frightened Some of the things it was nominated for was uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture was a nomination, as well as nine other nominations Mm -hmm. it got. William Peter Blatty won Best Adapted Screenplay, while the sound engineers took Best Sound. It's had several sequels, and we saw a commercial for for Exorcist 27. Whatever it might be, right. We visited when we were like, we got to watch that one. I don't want that demon back. I don't know. The Exorcist had a significant influence on pop culture and several publications regarded as one of the greatest horror films ever made. Now, when we return, we're going to talk about some of the characters, some of the actors that, that they wanted to portray, and the story that was supposedly this whole thing was based off of. Oh. This is Hunting and Out Podcast. We'll be right back. Discover the exciting world of podcasts at hefepods.com. Immerse yourself in exciting stories. Learn new knowledge and connect with great podcasts in both English and Spanish at hefepods.com. From captivating stories to life advice and much more. There's a podcast for every interest and passion. Be entertained by your favorite radio personalities in both English and Spanish and explore great stories in every podcast. English and the hard-to-find Spanish language podcasts are all at hefepods.com. Don't waste any more time. Find a great English or Spanish language podcast to follow and discover a world of possibilities in your own language. Find the best podcasts at hefepods.com. Welcome back to the Haunting or Not podcast. We are talking about the the film, The Exorcist. Not the book, the the film. Quite often, books are more horrifying than films. And part of the reason why, I believe, is theater of the mind. Your mind fills in the gaps. It absolutely is right. When you watch a movie, it's like, that's not how I Well, it does it for you. And if you read a book prior, you're like, wait a minute, that's not the way that guy's supposed to look. In in the plot for the movie, it it took place in Georgetown, Washington, D.C., and by the way, there's a story that you remember the scene with the big long stairs beside the house. I do. They were nowhere near the house. Oh, that was off. That, that was, was off site. Yes. Oh, okay. And we're not going to tell you why that's important. But okay. When you watch the 
when you look at for the artwork with the movie, you'll see the the stairs. Interesting. Chris McNeil was the, was the the mom in the film, and she her twelve year old daughter Reagan rented a house with several servants, and she was kind of like an A lister actress. Mm-hmm. All right. Father Damien Karras was a psychiatrist who counseled Georgetown University priests, and he was going through this whole questioning of his faith and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Other thing. He was a really dark, withdrawn kind of character, kind of depressed. If That's I remember, a good way to yeah. describe him. He was visiting his alien mother in New York and uh, confided colleagues that he felt unfit in his role, citing a crisis, crisis of faith. So that is a whole. And then Reagan winds up possessed by the devil. And and he, with Max Sadow, uh, Sadow, how you say his name, wind up being the, the priests are called in. All right. So I don't want to give away a lot of stuff. The possessed Reagan claims to be the devil himself and projectile vomits. Remember that scene with the projectile I will vomit? never forget. There are two scenes in that film that immediately come immediately to mind. It's that, the vomit, projectile across the room, and of course, the spinning of the head. Right, right. That's got to get to you. Yes. <laughs> what about the scene? And I'm not going to name the, the body parts. See if okay. you remember this. Uh, the, the young girl, mm-hmm. Reagan, played by Linda Blair, had a violent fit and was stabbing her oh, part yes. of her anatomy with the crucifix. Remember yes, that was? that was pretty nasty. Yeah. That's, then she uh, turned her head backwards. That was, uh, I'm cringing now. And somewhere yes. after that was the, the projectile vomiting with the, the, the green split pea soup. Yeah, that was pretty violent. <laughs> I have to agree. I forgot right, so about that. We will talk about the real story behind this is supposedly inspired it the cast it's a great cast and a lot of people are in it that you now know but because of the movie right but you mentioned earlier about quite a few let's call them stars that were either passed up or they passed Uh uh-huh yeah any names that oh yeah we know well jack nicholson was one wow that jack nicholson was one would have been something was considered for the role of father karis huh paul newman Paul Newman in that role, but for whatever reason, he turned it down. He's he's too and then pretty. William Peter Blatty hired Stacy Keach, which oh. we knew him later in in his career. Yeah, in the early days, he wasn't. Three A list actresses turned down the role of of mom. Of mom, are you ready for these names? Yes. Who is it? Audrey Hepburn. Oh, wow. Anne Bancroft. Big names. And this is what I'm glad for: Jane Fonda. Well, we know how we feel about her. They were considered for Chris, but they rejected the part. All three of them rejected. I'm glad that they did. <laughs> and Freakin also rejected Blatty's friend, Shirley MacLaine. Oh, I love her. Since she started in the possession of Joe, Joel Delaney, a summer film. And uh, here's where it gets really interesting. After meeting Carol Burnett, Freakin believed she had the range beyond her comic television persona. But he didn't hire her. Uh, I love Carol Burnett. She, oh, she was great. Yeah, she was great. for sure. So, that's we Those don't want were, to go into it. If you haven't seen it, yeah. check it out. If you if you haven't seen it in a long time, like we haven't, maybe pull it up on a rainy sun, Sunday, Saturday, or Sunday afternoon. Now there's lots of supporting actors. You'll see some of them. You go, hey, I know that one from such. Or and you such. forget that they were in it because it's been so long. That's true. And it launches, you know, their careers to other places. Yep, yep. Now I want to talk about um, the 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 so called real stories. That I would like to know that. That, yeah, that inspired this for the book, book and the stories. Did you know that there were many, many lawsuits filed against the creators of The Exorcist before Why? the film was even released? Lawsuits for what? Uh, 
You don't need a reason anymore. Well, it's, everybody sues everybody. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, a lot of it was because of supposedly non-disclosure agreements. Oh, and there's always somebody sitting on a sidewalk somewhere waiting for someone to walk by so they can sue them. Right. That was the, right. yeah. Now, when you talk about the inspiration behind the film, mm-hmm. well, actually, the inspiration for the novel, because that came first. Right. William Peter Blatty was a student at Georgetown University in 1950, and he heard stories about a so-called exorcism a reported exorcism that happened in 1949 oh. in a different part of the United States, which we'll talk about in a moment. And he he got, th- this story stuck with him. You remember hearing stories as a kid and you go, oh man, someday. Oh, and of course. he decided to write a book. Now, aspects of the character Father Marin were based on a British archaeologist, Gerald Lancaster Harding, okay, who had excavated the caves where the Dead Sea Scrolls had been found and whom Blatty had met in Beirut. Oh, so there's some real-life inspiration there. And another inspiration was the Jesuit theologian, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. Fancy name. A trained archaeologist who worked on several notable digs, who also happened to be a priest. And the, the aspects of the novel, here's where it gets really interesting, were inspired by an exorcism performed by the Jesuit priest, Father William S. Bodern. Hmm. Who formerly taught at both St. Louis University and St. Louis University High School. See, there's wow. a correlation with Georgetown. Yes. Recent investigative research by a freelance journalist by the name of Mark Obsesnik indicates that this was the real 1949 exorcism of a young boy okay. from Cottage City, Maryland. Wow. Not too far. No. And that's where the whole inspiration came from. The boy was sent to relatives, live at relatives' homes on Roanoke Drive in St. Louis. That's where the real exorcism occurred and took place. However, according to the journalist... There's simply too much evidence that indicates that as a boy, he, Roland Doe, had serious emotional problems stemming from his home life. There's not one shred of hard evidence to support the notion of demonic possession. And I'm okay. air quoting there. Uh, so, look. But it's interesting how it goes from that to let's write a book right. and then the creation of this phenomenal film. Right, right. Now, if you notice in the, in the book itself... Blatty refers to the Loudon possessions and the Louvier's possessions throughout the story, mostly when Father Karras is researching possession and exorcism to present the case to his superiors. That's, he makes reference to those cases there. So it's a really obscure mention. Got it. You do a little deep digging and you come up and say, huh, maybe there's something to there's not. I don't know. I know that the movie was fantastic. To say the least. Uh, and not necessarily in a great way. The novel, far better. If you're looking for a good novel to read, that's one I would pick up. I may read. actually consider it. Now, the question is this. Ghosts, a lot of the so-called hauntings, you know I'm not a big believer. Because especially if there's a commercial aspect where they make money right. off it. Then I was like, yeah, or... You're very skeptical. I'm very skeptical. To say the least. When it comes to demonic possessions, I personally believe... What was this, the film we watched? The movie we watched? The um, the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, with, um, that was very what's that serious. What's the actor's name? Don't ask me names. You know I'm horrible. The gladiator guy. That guy. I'm horrible. You are definitely asking the wrong person. I can see him as clear as I'm His looking at you. His character said that of all the possessions, so-called possessions, he was supposed to, and this is based off a real character, that, that, that he went to examine, 98% were psychiatric That's cases. True. Only That's 2% true. were real. Tiny, tiny percentage. Very, very small. 
But when it comes to demonic forces and possession, I am far more inclined belief. to believe that. Which I find fascinating. Than I am most ghost reportings. Here's the reason why. Tell me. As a police officer, mm-hmm. so many people were truly evil. Oh. And you wonder, how does someone go from being a good kid to an out-of-control murderer almost overnight? Wow. And look at so many serial killers that go, there, ah, well, I wonder if there's something to this. There's no question that evil exists. There's That's not even, I don't, I, I doubt we could find somebody that would debate us on that. However, demonic possession over the spirits and ghosts. Yeah. But that's that's your belief. Yeah. Uh, what I would I tell you to do is, is read the book, if you can, and watch watch the, the movie. We all have to make up and our make mind. your own decisions. Sure. The Exorcist. Now, that the movie and the book was total Maybe fiction. A little dramatic. It was t- a lot of literary license taken, a lot of things to make it more entertaining. The real story about the exorcism. And if you believe that occurred, great. If you don't think it did occur, that's great too. But the question I'm going to ask you is, and I'm asking you, mm-hmm. are demonic possessions real some of the time? Yes. There we go. So the exorcists, possessions, demonic forces, real or fake, you decide. Thank you for joining us on the Haunting or Not podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a huge favor. Tell a friend or two or three. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Keep track of what's going on, upcoming episodes, past episodes, and more. On Facebook, look for Haunting or Not. We'll be back in just a few days with a new episode. Until then, see ya.